Hello, welcome to Behind the Music Podcast. I'm Bridget Devin, your host, and today I'm very excited to welcome Jack Bradley with Hi-Fi Project. Jack is CEO and executive producer, and they are a creative music studio that delivers original composition, music supervision, sound design, artist direct projects, and client direct music strategy services. They have studios in LA, Boston, and Minneapolis, and their website hosts an array of impressive work they've done with some really big brands. I'm really excited to have you, Jack, on here to talk all things music and business. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So to start um, uh, really quick, we were actually just talking about podcasts. So I, I kind of want to pick up there because I thought it was really interesting. But I would love for you to share a little bit of what it's like coming into the world of podcasting and like what it means as a studio, what your services look like that you're providing others and what is happening in-house and out of house. Sure. Um, so we started working on podcasts really just because podcasts have in many ways really kind of become the new radio. Um, and, you know, when I got started in the business many years ago, radio was still a pretty significant part of what we did. Um, so, I mean, at the time we were primarily focusing on just music for radio TV and now it's content and social media and everything else. But we felt that since we were adding capabilities as a company um, that being able to handle podcasts felt like such a natural progression because you're really doing all of the same things. You know, the fact that it is called a podcast and that you put it out and it's, you can pick which one you want to listen to and it's varying lanes. And it's, it's, it's the same concept as making a radio commercial. It's just a lot longer. Yeah. So, you know, what we did was um, like we, for instance, we had, uh, we did a podcast with Microsoft and, you know, we just handled the engineering. Uh, so it was the recording and the mixing, the editing, all of the things that you put into a basic podcast. These were all things that we were already doing. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that we kind of had to add to that capability was helping to manage talent and book sessions and manage timing and all that, you know, that, that yeah. stuff. But um, other than that, it was really kind of the same thing. And then we progressed and we ended up doing a podcast uh, last year called Creative Life Lessons. Um, and with that, the um, Lyle, who created the podcast and came up with the concept, he knew all the people that he wanted to interview. He knew his own interview questions. He's a great host. So we were really just a, an audio technical resource for him. So he came to us and said, cool. here's what I want to do. And he booked the talent. He did, and we'd show up and record everything. We'd mm. edit everything. We'd transcribe everything. We'd work with him to find what he wanted. And then we'd add the music. We'd mix it, make it sound really good, make sure everybody's levels are the same. And we were done. So That's it awesome. just felt like a very natural progression from where we were to add that capability in. Do you see more of that coming down the pike for your company? Like, um, cause that was one of the things I was wondering, are you bringing people into the studio to do the podcast? But it sounds like you're offering mobile um, sound services as well. It's, you know, thanks to the pandemic, um, it is such an incredibly remote driven world right now. I mean, Honestly, even for the what I call the audio post side of things for us, so it's record, mix, sound design for clients, um, it is about 90% remote because talent, you know, the art, the voiceover talent out there, they caught on, thankfully, very quickly. 
they all set themselves up with home studios. So they're all at home now. So, mm -hmm. you know, we just connected them through Source Connect. We got a perfectly, you know, HD record coming through. We can do it live. We can get a client on a Zoom call so they can direct the talent. I mean, it's like being in the studio for what it was for decades before that, except it's all just happening through Zoom calls. It's all just happening um, through Google Meets or whatever they prefer. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's, we very, we do have people come in the studio on occasion, mostly in our Minneapolis office, but that is completely based on the clients themselves. Like we have clients yeah. in Minneapolis that really like to come in and be there in person for, you know, TV record mix, um, you know, sound design sessions. So we're lucky that we have a great studio there so they can come in and hang out with us for the day and order lunch and we do a session. But with my clients, um, our biggest client probably being DraftKings right now, I mean, we're doing all of our work for them completely remote. And it's it's partially because we can, and we've set up that system and we kind of evolved that relationship during the pandemic. It's also that they have, their team is all over the country. They have creatives in New Jersey and in Florida and in New Hampshire. And so it's just easier for them to just dial in on a Zoom and be able to get things done. Yeah, um, and that's it's kind of exciting to see, because one of the things you talked about was with things going remote, it, it's not just like the big businesses going remote, but it's also just singular artists. And so now we're getting so yeah. many more resources and access to, you know, the assets that they'll record their, their voice, they can send it to you. So as like a business owner, that's yeah. kind of exciting because it creates a lot. I imagine it creates a lot more flexibility and opportunity uh, as a, as a recording studio and, and that kind of thing. Do you feel that, um, you know, do you think that we're just going to, you know, we haven't seen the, um, I, sometimes I think about how we, we're only touching on the beginning of this connection and this ability. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think you're right. You know, I think that um, it also depends on the segment that you're talking about, right? So like I can talk, you know, at length for hours and hours about what it's like to do you know, music for commercials, music for content, because that's what we do as a company. But you know, then if, if you're talking about, you know, collaborating with music as an artist, mm -hmm. it, it's just inherently different because a lot of that likes to happen in person. So even though they can do it remotely, they may choose not to. Um, but if they want to do it remotely, they can. And there's mm -hmm. software out there that's constantly developing. And I think that's maybe to your point where things are continuing to evolve, where mm -hmm. you can do a call and have four or five different musicians recording and playing off of each other at the same time and do that from anywhere in the world. And that happens now very easily, you know, depending on your internet speed, basically. Um, so I, I think that that will continue to evolve. I think the speed of which things need to happen um, also will push things further and further into that, into that world. You know, a lot of times we need to deliver music for clients within a day you know, yeah. two days, three days, and we're doing, you know, completely fully mastered, written, produced, recorded music within a couple of days. And we've, we've, been, we've had to do that for years, but yeah. it's become easier and easier because yeah. now we're not scrambling to find a singer in New York who's available on a Tuesday afternoon. It doesn't matter where that singer is. We can send out an email to 30 singers and the first four people that are available, it doesn't matter where they are. We can record them, get their tracks in, mix them in and have it ready to go for a client in a matter of hours. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. So I know we touched on the podcasting side of things, which is really exciting, but like you're saying, you mostly do musical composition, right? And you do a lot of like commercial work. Um, I'm so curious what that day-to-day operation is like in that space. And also I am hearing that there is a um, a need for fast turnaround. Um, So it sounds like some projects you're saying could be 24 hours. Um, So I'd love to hear more about your day-to-day, you know? Sure. Um, I think, you know, it's important to say, just to kind of, I think, tie a bow on the the turnaround thing, you know, I think it's really been interesting for me because I've been doing this now for 17 years and specifically doing music for content. And what I've found is that for the first seven to 10 years of that, it really was a very creation mindset. It was, we'd get a brief from a client, we'd make stuff, they'd beat it up, we'd go back and forth, revise it, and get it to be just what they wanted. And uh, I am sure that part of this is because of the massive onset of streaming music, because Mm -hmm. of the people that are actually making the work, the creatives, the producers, the content creators. Um, It's really changed into much more of a curation mindset as opposed to a creation mindset. A lot of people just want to search. They want, you know, which is why you have so many massive big catalog companies out there now and and what used to be stock music which was like a dirty word that's kind of gone away and it's just catalog music right it's and some of it still feels a little stocky kind of just thrown together but a lot of it's really good and and it's and there's millions and millions of tracks out there so you know we have had to kind of adjust how we approach our day-to-day because of that so To swing that back around, you know, really my day-to-day, it's a lot of it is going to be me, you know, outreach and talking to clients and seeing who's a, who needs work right now and what's happening out in the world and keeping track of who's doing what. And then when a job comes in, whether that's direct to brand or from an ad agency or from a production company, wherever it comes from, it's really just a matter of, okay, how quickly do you need it? How specific are you with your brief of what you need? Um, and then, of course, you know, what, what is the usage and the term, which is very common anyway, like, because that helps me determine a budget and a, and a sense of, you know, how, what a priority of this job might be. Um, and if it's a really, really fast turnaround, then I will probably lean a little bit more on my internal catalog of original music because mm-hmm. it's happening so fast. It's going to be very quick for me. You know, in a half an hour, I could be like, here's 10 tracks that are great that we have on hand but I couldn't make those in a half an hour. So at least, but it gives us a place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on if it truly needs to be something original and custom or arranged, we might take a day or two days or three days and arrange that to spec. Uh, if I have a picture, if I have a video, it's going to change things too. Cause then I have to score it to the picture make it mm. really work with, with the story. Uh, if I don't have a picture, a lot of times we're just writing to a concept like a, a reference track or a feeling that the client wants, and then we revise it later once we get the picture. I mean, I, every day is completely different because yeah. you, I might, you know, everything I just said happens, but they want a hip hop track. Okay, great. Well, I'm doing hip hop, yeah. but then the next day it comes in, they need a heavy metal track, and the next day yeah. they need, you know, a cinematic track. So, and that will change how I approach it, how I think about it. We happen to have three staff composers that work for Hi Fi as employees, which I feel very, very lucky to have three people that are exclusive to us. So they they work on pretty much everything. But then depending on what comes in the door, I'm going to bring in outside talent and artists to work with me that 
fill that gap. So more hip hop people or more orchestral people or whatever it might be. Um, and it, a lot of it is just moving parts. You know, it's yeah. getting tracks in, listening, giving creative direction, getting tracks back again, putting it to picture, a new picture comes in from the client. You know, it's, it's, it's a constantly moving process. So, yeah. you know, but that, that's a, but the quickest way I can give you my day to day. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So I, what I'm hearing is that um, you're probably never bored because there's always something new going on and like, you know, something with a lot of different moving pieces that you have to bring together into something cohesive. Um, you know, I'm relating to that just in the sense with this podcast. Um, it it just every conversation is brand new and it's just so it's such a creative you know, journey chatting with people. And I'm finding that like having project oriented work is, um, I really like that. And I'm wondering for you as the business owner, you know, is that what you thought um, when you started your business? Like, did you know, like that you would be managing all these unique projects or, or, um, cause I, I didn't ask you um, necessarily originally, like what, what got your company started? What was your um, journey into starting Hi-Fi Project? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, probably the fastest way to, to answer all that is that, you know, I, um, I mean, I've been a music lover since I can remember, uh, since I was very, very small playing piano since I was three or four, just always really found myself leaning towards music in, in every possible way. But I actually went from a career standpoint, I actually went more down the filmmaking route. And mm. I started as a production assistant working on local productions in the Boston area. And I kind of worked my way up. And then uh, after doing that for a number of years, I ended up uh, getting a job at an ad agency, which completely opened up my world because I got mm. to see all the other stuff that happened, not on set, you know, like the literally from a piece of paper that says, we need a commercial that does this. Here's a budget. Here's a timeline go all yeah. the way through the thing actually getting on TV. And I, I fell in love with that process. But then once I realized that there were people that just made music for those things, I was like, that's mm. what I want to do. Oh, so so cool. I made that jump in uh, 2005. I left my ad agency job and I went to work for a music company um, in New York, not hi-fi, but you know, it allowed me to kind of learn that side of the world, learn this project to project. And, you know, I had to of course suddenly become a sales guy because the work's not just yeah. going to show up. You have to go out and yeah. meet people and, you know, impress them and get the work in. But what I loved about that was that it also created relationships that when the work did come in, they're working with you personally. And I felt yeah. that personal connection to, okay, this person trusted me enough to call me. I'm going to make some awesome music for them. And I fell in love with that concept. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that led me to opening up my own music company for a couple of years. And that was fine, but overwhelming because it was literally just me. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, it was 2010 that actually two, uh, the two partners who opened Hi-Fi Project before I was even involved, they brought me in as the third partner to kind of help bring the East Coast together and you know, help build the company. Um, and eventually from in, in there, at least at the time, what they told me, it was kind of future proof the company. Like I would be the future of the company. And oh, yeah. I don't know how much I believed that at the time. I was just like, this seems like an awesome opportunity. I really like them. I want to keep going. But that's exactly what happened. They've actually both retired and now it's, it's my company. So um, that is kind of how it happened. 
That's really, um, that's, that's so exciting. And I love seeing how you start out in film and then you see how you can have like a deeper, uh, more music centered career. And for me with this podcast, I want to show people that, you know, careers in music, there's, there's a lot of variety. And I think that that's very interesting. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. One of the last questions about the company I was going to ask is, so you're talking about, you know, you're, you're leading hi-fi into the future. What does the, what do you see for the future for hi-fi? Um, <clears throat> I think really focusing more and more on social media is going to be mm -hmm. part of the future because the budgets of our clients is shifting that way. So as a business owner, you have to kind of identify that and realize that the budgets that used to be going into TV, TV, TV are shifting away from that and going into TikTok, 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 you know, and yeah. reels and, and YouTube shorts and, you know, whatever else they, so that is definitely something that we're doing. I mean, we, and we've already done it. We've done TikTok music. We've done music specifically just for Instagram reels. I mean, it's still at the end of the day, which, which is good is to us, it's still just making great music. So regardless yeah. of where it ends up, it, but it is a different way of thinking because, you know, a seven second piece of music and video on TikTok is different than doing a 60 second commercial for TV. It's just a different way of thinking about the music. It's totally different vibe. It's going to hit you right off the bat. It's, it's seven seconds. You can't, you can only yeah. do so much or fi even 15 seconds. Yeah. So um, that is absolutely where things are, are going. Um, so we're, we're always thinking about that. And I think part of that will end up being more collaborations with artists <clears throat> that are already on the format um, oh, yeah. that already get that world, which, which we also will do. Um, you know, again, it all comes down to what the client is doing, but I, I think that that's, I really think that that's where things are going to continue to go. Not that I think yeah. TV is going to die anytime soon. It's just shifting to streaming, yeah. you know, but yeah. that's still, there's still plenty of advertising involved in that. So I think that you're still in a good place when you work in those two, two different places. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. And I mean, you know, with social media and TikTok, it's where the eyeballs are at. And so it's just important to recognize that like advertising is going to want to also be where eyeballs are at. It just might be spread across social and, um, you know, more traditional media. Um, yeah, agreed. Well, um, before we go, Jack, uh, can you share with us how people can uh, stay connected with you or anything with Hi-Fi Project or any anything you want to plug about the company? This is your space. Sure. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you could certainly check out our website at hifiproject.com. That's probably the easiest way to find us. Um, we are also across pretty much all social media platforms at Hi-Fi Project. Um, and, you know, people can honestly feel feel free to reach out to me directly uh, if they want at, you know, jack at hifiproject.com. I mean, as much as I kind of trying to steer and run the company, I'm still very, very involved in the day-to-day. -day. I still do a ton of work with my clients and I, I still love what I do. So um, yeah. find us on any of those places and we love to help people solve their musical problems. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Well, Jack, thank you so much for being my guest. This was a pleasure talking to you and learning about what hi-fi is doing and what it's like working in this space um i really appreciate your time and i uh, just want to say a big thank you thank you